You are listening to The Christian Commute, a commute-length podcast about Christian apologetics, theology, and other matters of Christian interest. Here is your host, Seth Dunn. It is Thursday, January 18th, and that annoying beeping is my seatbelt indicator wanting me to put my seatbelt on. This is a, it's a halfway through the day show. You are with me in the parking lot of the, what is the proper name of this place? It's the Yellowstone Steak and Buffet that I eat at all the time. That's the fake Western Sizzlin. It used to be Western Sizzlin. And then they just change the name and have all the same food. And I eat here all the time. And I'm going home for the rest of the day to work from home because we have a basketball game tonight. It's our second biggest game of the year. We already lost the big one. But we we are in the hard part of our schedule. In the hard part of the schedule, trying to go 2-1 and one in the hard part of the schedule. So we've, uh, we've not been playing good basketball lately. But we've got this tough game tonight, and so I can get there on time and get my camera set up. I'm going to go ahead and drive home and finish the rest of the day from home, which means you get a midday Christian commute. And let me see, do I have enough gas to get home? I have, I'm in the truck, and I don't even think I have an eighth of a tank. Let me see, I got to go roughly 50 miles. Do I have three gallons? I guess we'll find out. We'll see. I'm going to roll the dice because I don't feel like stopping in Dalton because it's all traffic And I'm already in the groove having started my show. I left my show notes in my uh, office on accident. So I'm going to have to uh, just have to wing it. And it's a full show that I'm winging. A full show. Because somebody came through with a question. It's a question about hell. It's a question about hell. And, uh, as always, we have the Bible chapter review. I'm going to do that in a second. The show topic today is, or show title, is Why Rockbridge and Others. So I've got a project going on. I guess I'll call it the Why Project Rockbridge. I'll explain it more when I get into it, but for now, let's get right into the, the Bible chapter review. We're still in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. Jesus is still before Pilate and he's not defending himself before Pilate. So let's go to verse 15 through 18. Now at the feast the governor was accustomed to release for the people any one prisoner whom they wanted. Remember it's Passover week and apparently Pilate has a custom during this Jewish holiday, he's going to release a prisoner to them. And I think we'd want to assume this is a political prisoner, somebody the Jews would want released from Roman captivity, not just some ne'er-do-well who was running amok and hurting everybody, not somebody who's stealing from Jews and killing from Jews. I think we should assume that. At that time, they were holding a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when people gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? For he knew that because of envy they had handed him over. So what Matthew is saying here is Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent of whatever capital crime that the chief priests are accusing him of. He can see, too, that Jesus has been put through this fake trial and these guys just want Jesus dead because they don't like him. And you got to remember, Pilate's the governor of Judea. He's going to be aware of what's going on around him. He's going to know of the popularity of Jesus in Jerusalem because everybody in Jerusalem knows about the popularity of Jesus. I mean, Palm Sunday was probably pretty hard to miss. And Pilate knows that the Jewish leaders are envious of Jesus. So what he wants to do is use this tradition he has of releasing a prisoner to release Jesus to the people. He knows the chief priests are out to get Jesus, but now he's going to gauge the attitude of the people. 
So he's going to offer them Jesus. And let him pick. You can have Barabbas or you can have Jesus. And Barabbas is described here as a notorious prisoner. Pilate has a read on the elders, the chief priests. He knows <coughs> that they're not acting in good faith. And now he's going to get a read on the people. He's going to see if Jesus is still popular with the people, or at least more popular than Barabbas. And with that, we'll end the Bible chapter review. And we will move on. That was kind of quick. I'm not even to the freeway yet. We will move on to the question and answer portion of our show. I really don't even know where I am. I never I never go home this way. Oh, I think I oh, I think I know I'm about to come out on the freeway. I think I'm about to come out on the Rocky Face exit. And there's another police officer. I have seen nothing but cop after cop today. We just thawed out down here, and I think it's about to get cold again tonight. I'm going to tell you this. It's so cold that I even let my yard dogs in. And I think because nobody had been driving for three days, maybe the police are a little behind on speeding tickets. I don't know. Or maybe they think because nobody's been driving through for three days, people will be driving fast. But I, I, you know, I've been working from home every day this week. Today's Thursday. So there's cops out trying to get people speeding. I just saw another one. Hopefully they won't pull over my big red truck. Ron from North Carolina wrote in to the Christian commute today. Oh, I'm on Walnut Avenue. Ron wrote in from North Carolina. If you have a question about Christian theology or apologetics, you can write to SethDunn88 at gmail.com. SethDunn88 at gmail.com. No, this is the Rocky Face exit. Or you can dial 470-315-0875. That is 470-315-0875. And leave me a voicemail. And I'll answer your question on that. Because the Christian commutes your theological roadside assistance. One question for submission, please. Tell me where you're from and leave it short enough for me to memorize. And that's what Ron's done, because Ron knows the drill. He's listened, but he's written in before. And his question is this. Is there a place where the condemned die, where they stay before they go to hell? Or where they wait before they go to hell? The answer to that is yes. The answer to that is yes. So... A popular evan evangelistic technique is to look at somebody or meet somebody and say, if you died today, do you know you'd go to heaven or hell? And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you died today, you'd go to hell. And that's what we tell people. But you wouldn't go to hell today. We leave that part out. You'd go to hell eventually. This is clear from the Bible. The resurrection is what we should have in view when we answer this question. Because there's going to be what we call the general resurrection of the dead. Everyone who's ever died is going to be resurrected. Not just the faithful, but lost people of non-Christians too. Everyone's going to be resurrected. How do we know this? Well, from among other passages and theological uh, statements, we know this from Revelation. In the book of Revelation, there's a great white throne judgment. But where are the people to be judged? Death and Hades give up their dead. And they come to be judged before Jesus. All right, And they're going to either be sent to heaven or hell. Well, I even said that wrong. They're either going to be sent to hell or retain to live with Jesus in the New Jerusalem, in the eschaton. Another helpful passage is Jesus' story of Lazarus, Lazarus and the beggar. 
Lazarus and the beggar. You remember this story? There's a poor man named, this is from Luke. Uh, there's a poor man named Lazarus whose body is covered with sores and he's a beggar and he sits at the gates of the rich man's house and he longs for the scraps that fall from the rich man's table. And one day Lazarus dies and so does the rich man. And the rich man goes to Hades, not hell. I think the King James translates it hell. But he goes to Hades, that's the Greek word, uh, for the realm of the dead. The Hebrew word would be Sheol. So we already had the concept of Sheol in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we would, we'd have the concept of Hades. But it's where people, where souls, I should say, go when people die. Where souls go when people's bodies die. How about we put it that way? So... The rich man, who was apparently a wicked man and didn't believe the Bible, is in torment in Hades. It says he's in torment. And he notices that Lazarus is with Father Abraham. In, in, he's in Abraham's bosom, is what Jesus says. We might call that heaven. And I'm going to call it heaven. And he sends, he says, oh, send Lazarus down basically to bring me some water. And Abraham says, no, in your life you had your good things and Lazarus had his bad things. But now a great chasm separates you that no man could cross. And the rich man in torment says, well, please send Lazarus to my brothers to warn them of what's going to happen to them you know if they don't turn their lives around and Abraham says no they have Moses and the prophets let them listen to them Moses and the prophets being the scripture if they will not listen to Moses and the prophets they will not listen even if one comes back from the dead now the theological lesson in Jesus' story is not to teach us about heaven and hell or Hades and heaven because I in the minds of the Second Temple Jew, they already have the idea of Sheol and the resurrection. That's not what he's trying to teach about. He's trying to teach about if you don't believe the Scripture, you're not even going to believe if somebody comes back from the dead. And we know Jesus is going to come back from the dead. He's saying, believe Moses and the prophets. Because Jesus' uh, contention, it is true, because Jesus is that Moses and the prophets testify to him. The scriptures testify to him. That's the point of the story. But what we see in the story is that these two people have died and they're conscious, which refutes the idea of soul sleep. We call this incidental theology because it's not really what the passage is didactically teaching. Lazarus is in a good place. Abraham's bosom. We have to assume Father Abraham is faithful, right? Abraham uh, was... Uh, faithful to God was crediting him as righteousness. But the rich man is in torment and there's flames there and I think that's why people tend to think it's hell. He's in some place. But we know the resurrection of the dead hasn't happened yet. The rich man will be resurrected and Lazarus will be resurrected and sit before the great white throne judgment. And at that judgment, anyone who's not in Christ Anyone whose name is not written in the book of life, but rather they're judged by what's written in the book of deeds, they will be consigned to hell with the devil and his angels. Okay? So where are the devil and his angels right now? We call the devil's angels demons. Where are they right now? They are roaming the earth, tormenting and tempting people and doing bad devil stuff. Okay? They are going to be cast into hell. In fact, hell, it says, is prepared for them. And they're not there yet. But death and Hades give up their dead. Or is it does the scripture say the depths are death? I can't remember. Same idea. I mean, the depths would be the ocean. Or the depths of the earth. Uh, which is what Sheol is. And they give up their dead in this resurrection, and the unrighteous resurrected are cast into hell. Just not where they were before, that's Hades. But what about all the righteous people?
people in the realm of the dead, those in Abraham's bosom, now they're resurrected to new life. Where do they go? Let them go anywhere. God remakes the world. Everything's new. There's no more sin. And, and all of God's people live in the heavenly city with Him. So I'm gonna, I've said this before on the show. No one is in hell right now. Not even Hitler. Not even Christopher Hitchens. The biggest, unbel- you know, most vociferous unbeliever there ever was. Not Voltaire. Name some wicked man or some unbeliever. He's not in hell right now if he's dead. He's in Hades. And he's conscious. Now, what about somebody who died a believer? Because we don't grieve as those with no hope. We'll use the Apostle Paul. He's dead. Where's the Apostle Paul right now? He's in heaven. His body is Paul, Paul's body is probably rotted to dust by now, uh, but his body's in heaven. Let's think of somebody who died recently. Who do I know who's died recently? My Aunt Margie. My Aunt Margie died, I guess, less than a year ago. I've got it. I got the low fuel light. I got to pull off the fuel. My Aunt Margie died less than a year ago, and I think I got a ticket on the way to her funeral driving this truck. Uh, but Aunt Margie's body has probably not rotted to ash yet. But where is my Aunt Margie? Where her body is in the ground in the cemetery where they put her. It's in the uh, Veterans Cemetery in Chattanooga with my uh, Uncle Tom doctoring. And both of them were believers. Their souls are with God in heaven because the Apostles Paul says to be absent from the body is to be uh, present with the Lord. So upon your death, you are absent from your body. Your soul goes to heaven if you're a believer to be with God. If you're a non-believer, your soul goes to torment in Hades. There's a separation in the realm of the dead. In Sheol or Hades, there's a separation. And from there... Everybody, or from those places, everyone's going to be resurrected to judgment. And then upon the judgment, what the Bible calls the second death, all the wicked people and unbelievers will be cast into hell with Satan and the demons. We might refer to hell as Gehenna, as Jesus did Gehenna. That's, that was how Jesus referred to hell, Gehenna. So Hades is not hell. Hell is hell, or Gehenna is hell. And it's, there's, what is it like? Bad. Torment. Fire. Not good. Okay. Bad. And I don't know how it works out with people who have bodies and the resurrection, but the devil never had a body to begin with because he's an angel. I don't know how that works out. God figured that out. And... They're gone. And they're separated from God and the believers from heaven. So no one's in hell right now. And no one is right now in the new Jerusalem and the new heavens and the new earth. Because God hasn't remade the heavens and the earth yet. He will when He makes all things new. So, what have we not said? When we're talking about souls the souls of the dead in these places where they won't permanently be. And how is a soul in a place? Because a soul isn't physical. These are metaphysical questions and I'm not going to answer them. We're not talking about purgatory. The Roman Catholic notion of purgatory that somebody dies but they're not in hell and they're not in heaven. They're in purgatory waiting for their sin debt to sort of burn off or get paid off. A sin death's probably a bad word because a sin death was paid at the cross. We should say sinfulness. I don't want any Catholic theologians quickly with me. So we can say sinfulness. So that's what happens. You know, I think I'm going to stop, stop at the Buggies to get gas. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I don't want to be too crowded. I could go to the Sketch gas station for old time's sake. I won't do that. I need more Bucky sauce, come to think of it. 
now I, now I got distracted about gas and barbecue sauce. I was talking about something important. Souls, heaven, oh, purgatory. Okay. So the Catholic idea is when you die and you're still in some state of sin, and that sin hasn't been absolved yet by the Roman Catholic Church through some sacrament, that you have to wait there to be purified before you can go to the saints in heaven. So there's all these souls stuck in purgatory right now. So the idea that souls go somewhere when they die and they're going to be resurrected out of it later is true. But that's purgatory is a false Roman Catholic doctrine. And come on guys, let's be honest, is try to try to get money out of people. Because you gotta pay the church and have you know get indulgences or whatever. You gotta pay the church to get your relatives out of purgatory. Every time a coin in the coffer rings, another soul from purgatory springs. That's what. That's what set off the Protestant Reformation. So there you go, Ron. There is the answer to your question. And since this show is supposed to be about apologetics, we're going to have a master's in that, we would be remiss if we did not point out that Jehovah's Witnesses and Seventh-day Adventists believe in an unbiblical concept called soul sleep where when someone dies there's the cop when someone dies his soul his soul when someone dies his soul is asleep and they are not conscious and then there's the resurrection and there they are that's not what the bible says that's not what the bible teaches and of course, there's a lot of stuff in Watchtower, Jehovah's Witness, Seventh-day Adventist theology. That's not what the Bible teaches. But that's a pretty obvious one. That's a very errant belief they have. So it's good, not only for purposes of accurate evangelism, it's good to understand what happens to us when we die and when. Because the cults, the false religions, like Roman Catholicism, the Watchtower, and Seventh-day Adventism, have errant beliefs about this, errant doctrines and teachings. And for those of you who are newer listeners, the Watchtower is Jehovah's Witnesses. That's the same thing. The Watchtower Bible and Tract Society is the name of their organization. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pause the show... And get some gas. I hate getting gas in this thing. The tank is huge. It costs 60 or $70. It's the same amount of gas. Like if I fill my Kia up twice, or even three times, it's about the same amount of gas as that filling this truck up. But the sticker shock is not the same. It's just all at once. But I ain't going to pay for it anyway. I'll put it on my credit card. And I'll, you know, then I'll pay it later. All right, so here comes the big polls. and we come back, we're going to talk about the Y Project, Y Rockbridge, and others. This is this is sort of exciting to me. So that there's a teaser for the polls. Okay, here we go. If anybody was wondering, the gas bill is like twenty-two dollars or twenty-one dollars. No, that's not right. Sixty-one dollars. Because this thing took twenty-one gallons of gas. And speaking of how much things cost, today's show is about advertising and getting the word out. Earlier this week, I bought a domain name. I bought the domain whyrockbridge.com. Whyrockbridge.com. And if you go to your computer machine and type in whyrockbridge.com, you will be taken to a web page currently parked at Pulpit and Pen that explains the history of Rockbridge, the outlook of Rockbridge, why you shouldn't go to Rockbridge, you know, what's wrong with Rockbridge, and the eight sermon reviews I did in the Promises of Rockbridge series from oh so long ago. So you current listeners are probably familiar with me 
picking up the Four Cross Point City Church Sermon Review Series. But I did that a long time ago for a church in, hold on, Dalton, Calhoun, Rossville, no, no, I messed up, Dalton, Calhoun, Ringgold, Cleveland, Chatsworth, and Hickson. So the sort of the satellite coffee bar, I don't know if they have a coffee bar, coffee bar, dark room, light show, church, multi-campus satellite church of Dalton, I already did the sermon review series on that. And I'm really happy to say that I have two personal friends who left Rockbridge after I discussed Rockbridge with them. And I did the sermon reviews and because they thought, oh, let me tell you something. This is how this works. You get these people who go to Rock and Roll Coffee Church and they and they say, you know, I know the music is too much and the light shows. Some people really like it. It's not my thing. I know it's too much. But Pastor So-and-So's preaching is so it's such good messages. It's so good. It comes from the Bible. And then what you need to do with those people is you say, well, Pastor So-and-So says this, and here's what the Bible says. And especially with Matt Evans at Rockbridge, you were getting a lot of life coaching and even like business advice type of things. I remember the concept of the dip that he had. I've been listening to those sermon reviews because I want to improve on my sermon reviews. And I remember listening to it and I was like, man, Matt Evans is is 10 times worse than James Griffin ever thought about being. Matt Evans, he, he preaches real fast. He talks real fast. And it's disarming because he's got his country accent, you know. Hey, I'm Matt Evans. I don't talk like this. I sound just like you blue-collar people. But he's not. And he went to the Naval Academy. Anyway, he's more like a slick salesman, in my opinion. And he, he preaches so fast, you don't have time to process how wrong what he's saying is. But I don't want to revisit all of those sermon reviews so much as to say now they're online. So if, if people search for Rockbridge, I want them to find Rock, why Rockbridge. So my hope is that when I when I personally meet someone in Dalton, I can say, hey, have you ever been to whyrockbridge.com? Because if somebody says, oh, I go to Rockbridge. Have you ever been to whyrockbridge.com? We'll go to whyrockbridge.com. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily tell them that I made it and I own it. They'll figure it out eventually. But now anybody who's looking for a church can go there and think, huh, let me give this the once over. If somebody has a family member that goes there, they can give it the once over and think, I don't want to go there. And what I'm envisioning is an entire set of these websites. It's going to take a long time. Like whyelevation.com Because, I mean, Chris Roseboro has already done some killer reviews of Stephen Furtick's sermons. But someone and maybe it'll be me, needs to sit through a few Stephen Furtick sermons and then just write some stuff on Stephen Furtick. And there's a lot more on Stephen Furtick than there is on Matt Evans and James Griffin. And you know, with Stephen Furtick, you can be like, this guy said modalist things, quote Richard Moore, invited T.D. Jakes. I mean, you could really dedicate a, a big side to him. But what it comes down to like I said before, is getting into the message the guy has and showing how it disagrees with Scripture. Because when you have these satellite churches, they're always built around a personality. And that's what you have to tear down, is the personality. Yes, it helps for music. I'm going to tell you this, that the people who left Rockbridge that I know, a lot of the conviction was about the music. And the conviction about the music would show them how unwilling Rockbridge was to operate under a biblical model. So that one's done. That's finished. And I just got to advertise it in Dalton. That's where you come in. I don't know if I'm going to buy a billboard space or if I'm going to like get Facebook localized advertising where people, where churchy people at Dalton are on Facebook. You get whyrockbridge.com. They'll think, oh, this is an advertisement for Rockbridge. Especially if people go there, they'll think, oh, my church has a Facebook ad. Let me look at it. And they're like, nope, it's not what it is. But I need money for that. 
So this is one of the rare occasions on the Christian commute where I'm helping you guys, you listeners, if you believe in this type of project, why Rock Ridge, why Elevation, why Cross Point, help me out with this. I bought the domain, it was like 80, I bought it for five years, I think it was like $90, and I'm not paying for a separate website right now, I've just got it parked at Pulpit and Pen, and that's paid for. Not the domain, but the service for now. Oh, get out of my lane with your big boat on a trailer. Why is somebody hauling a boat in January anyway? It's 10 degrees outside. So I think the last time I did any fundraising was for my Bethmore cruise. And that money is still sitting in my Bethmore savings account because the Canadian government canceled it twice. And I'll tell you this. If you sent me money for the Bethmore cruise, when I don't know if it's ever going to happen, and you're okay with me using it for this Why Rock Bridge campaign, just send me, you don't have to send me any money, just send me a message, and I'll spend the money on that. A billboard for a month costs about seven, $800, I think, because I've got one before. Um, how can you give me money? PayPal. SethDunn88 at gmail.com is my email address that's associated with PayPal. I th you used to click on my PayPal or my Patreon, because I do have these things, I just don't ever talk about them. You used to click on them at ChristianCommute.com, uh, but Podomatic stopped giving me a free Weebly website. So now ChristianCommute.com just forwards to Podomatic. I think my Podomatic homepage might have my PayPal or Patreon on it. If it doesn't, I'll tell you what, if you want to give and you don't know where to give, you can just write me at SethDunn88 at gmail.com and I'll give you the PayPal and the Patreon. Some people like to use Patreon to support monthly their favorite content producers. So you can get on my Patreon and do that. Just know that Patreon takes a little cut. I think they take a dollar or two. There's actually there's giving levels on there you can pick. But like I said, I never advertise my Patreon because this show is just my gift to you, and I don't do it to make money. And yeah, it does cost me money out of pocket for some services, but that's just my gift to you and the church. But I don't have I don't really have the funds for a Why Rock Rich campaign. Uh, so Patreon or PayPal, and this is listen as Nick Saban said, this is not the end. This is the beginning. When I get done with my Crossbridge series, Crossbridge, see they all sound the same to me. My Crosspoint sermon series, I'm going to do something very similar to Why Rockbridge. Now I haven't decided if I what the domain name was going to be to that. And here's why. I didn't want to spend another $90 because I'm not... I, I don't want to buy the domain until I'm done with what I'm going to put there. So I've got to finish the sermon series first. And I'm worried the people at Crossbridge might be so... Crossbridge. Crosspoint might be so cagey. They might buy why Crosspoint and funnel people there. Did you know that Scientology owns the domain for the Cult Awareness Network? They did. They, they won it through a lawsuit. So I, I'm keeping those cards close to my chest when I buy the Crosspoint site. You know, why Crosspoint, no to Crosspoint, you know, whatever. Something that's easy for people to remember. Maybe I should go home and buy all of these. Because why elevation is pretty good. Anyway, that's my goal. And if you want to support... You could call this sort of like guerrilla church marketing. Because, make no mistake, these local churches are marketing themselves. You could even do direct mail. Direct mail. Uh, so if you move into Cartersville, I, I'm sure this is for any, counts for any town. If you move into a new house, all of a sudden you're going to get mail for like $10 coupon from Ace Hardware. You're going to get a coupon like Lowe's because they want you to you might be rehabbing a new house 
there's some list somewhere of new homeowners that people buy. Churches will send you a, a mailer. I remember when I, I moved down the street and I got a mailer from First Baptist and I'm like, wait, I already go there. But the churches will pay attention to who moves in and they'll send them a mailer. I could do that same thing if it seemed to be like, don't go here. Be warned. Now listen, the end goal of this, or the end game, is not putting Cross Point out of business, or Rockbridge out of business, or Elevation out of business. That's impossible. There's a sucker born every minute, right? That's what P.T. Barnum say that. There's a sucker born every minute, so there's always some sucker who's going to believe in a bearded lady and Siamese twins and with magic powers and Colonel Tom, or General Tom Thumb, all right? There's always going to be people that just love the rock show, and that's where they're going to go. And they don't care if it's biblical or not. You will never shut these places down. What I hope to do is just pick off... And that, sounds, that sounds like bad language, but it's, I don't know how to say it. Pick off families here and there. Because there are families that know better there. Or would know better with a little coaxing. Because like I said, I have friends, people that I know, people that I used to work with, and, and they went there, and I'd be like, hey, what about this, this, and this? And they're like, you're right, and they stopped going. And there's reasons that people have for staying, like I don't want to leave this ministry, I don't want to leave that. I mean, that's something I can put on the website. You know, frequent objections. But if I leave, I leave my Sunday school class. But I'm involved in the children. people. But I'm involved in the children's ministry. I can't leave. Answer. Why would you want children at a place like that? Children and their families need to get away to a better church where the whole family can get solid ministry. Don't stay there for the kids. It's bad for the adults and the kids. So just, these are the things that are about, well, I don't want to lose my Sunday school group. If they're your friends, they'll be your friends no matter where you go to church. And if you love your friends, don't you need to tell them that they need to get better under better spiritual headship or spiritual authority. Anticipate and answer the objections. And that could all be done on a website. Alright, I need to get over it. So that's what I'm working on. And like I've said in the past, there's a cross point and a rock bridge and an elevation in every city. They're not all as big as Stephen Furtick. He's multi-city now. But my, I mean, my sphere of existence every day is Cartersville, which is in the Cross Point shadow, and then Dalton, which is in the Rockbridge shadow. But if I drove up to Chattanooga, to Murfreesboro, to Nashville, or down to Atlanta, down to Marietta, down to Macon, wherever, you're going to find these places. Because they're all running off the same template. One guy doesn't just come up with this and like, we're going to do multi-campus hipster church, rock and roll. No, no, they all got the same textbook. They're all ordering their spotlights from the same place. There's one in your town. And let me tell you something. If there's one in your town, I want to help you. Let me put it on my list. And we can work together to make a whylifebridge.com. Don't go to LifeBridge. Don't go to HeartPoint or wherever. Contact me. I mean, I ain't made a time and effort for this stuff. It's taken me two years to get through CrossBridge. But I'm trying to accomplish something here while I'm not weighed down with trying to recruit 10-year-old girls to play soccer for me, because I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that this spring. Because the head coach anyway. But this is where I need you listeners. If you want to get involved in this, this is a project that I'd like help with. And of course, you, uh, you will get nothing in return. You will not get a t-shirt. You will not get a coffee mug. I will not mention your name on the show. Well, like, these are all my givers. Some shows are like, let's shout out to the Patreons. If, if listen, 
If people giving Patreon money to the podcaster so they can hear their name called out, they have their they have their reward in full. And you, this this is not an end of the year thing. Some podcasts are just the end of the year. I need to blah blah blah. I need to make my budget. Blah blah blah. You didn't hear me on here saying, "Well, I got to pay for Podomatic in January." Somebody send me some money. Now that's not how the Christian commute works. I try to think of a worthy and effective ministry. Anyway, call it technique. What am I thinking of? Undertaking. Man, that Beth Moore cruise is going to be awesome, man. You get me in front of those Beth Moore's fans, and I got the Bible, and I got my book, and I can explain to them, like, why you're throwing your time away. And then they're going to go back to their ladies' group and say, oh, you're throwing your time away. But COVID and the Canadian government saw that that didn't get to happen. Whyrockbridge.com. If you want to be part, I know, I don't know, how many listeners do I have in the Dalton area? Three? I mean, regular listeners, probably one, zero. I don't even know. But, like, because I'm not the guy who does marketing and does, like, where my, where's my listener base? I just know out there somewhere there's old ladies and truckers listening to me. You will get nothing but your own personal satisfaction. If you think that this is the proper stewardship of the money God has given you, hit my Patreon. Hit my PayPal. I have have Venmo, too. I don't even know my... You can Venmo me. Someone, when when I was doing the Beth Moore thing, I remember, I'll never forget it. Someone wrote me and said, what is your address? I gave it to him. And that person, I think it was a woman, gave it to her. That person sent me a check in the mail. Okay. I'm in a Sunday school class full of older people. I'm talking like 60 plus people. And they'll come in Sunday. We need to raise money for this. You know, the homeless people need Bibles or somebody needs this. And I'm like... So hand over some cash, and they're like, can you please put a Venmo on the board? Because I'll give you some money, but I don't carry money. Put a Venmo on the board. So if you're one of these people who like wants to send a paper check, like it is 1997, write me, I'll give you my address. But let's get whyrockbridge.com started in Dalton. And then we'll see how that goes, and if that's effective. If I've, I mean, because what I want is feedback from people saying, "Seth, I was at Rockbridge. My family was there, and I went to your website and I listened to what you said, and we left for a different church." I mean, I want to meet people through this because I said on the website, "I'll have lunch with you, and I'll talk to you about it." So, if whyrockbridge.com works. And either the Facebook or the billboard or the direct mail or whatever I figure out to do works. Then the next step is whycrossbridge.com. Not crossbridge. Whycrosspoint.com. All the same to me. The next step, and, and people could help me with this. I could probably get Jeff Maples to help me with this. Whyelevation.com. And maybe. 20 years from now, change the trajectory of church planning in town where people have figured out these coffee places, figured out these rock show places. Why Hillsong? Why Bethel? The sky is the limit. All you need is an $80 domain and a web page. But you gotta get people to go to the web pages. Now the sky's the limit is stuck in my head. Sky is the limit now. I'm going to, you know what I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop the show because I've made my point. And then I'm going to tell my phone to play Fleetwood Mac for me. Because I'm now, the sky is the limit. Can we fail? See, you know what? I tell you, 
I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. They, these churches should hire me to be the guy who picks the invitation music. And I, I'm t I know the song to play to get people to do what you want, walk the aisle, get baptized again, or <laughs> get baptized again. That's a Baptist joke. Get baptized again. Or send in the money. I, I could do it. Sky is the limit now. I can't fail. But seriously, though, seriously, the sky's the limit. Let's knock rock bridge. I was about to say, let's rock, knock Rock Bridge straight out of business. We're not going to do that. But let's, you know, let's knock out 10 giving units. I mean, that 10 giving units is $50,000 worth of revenue. That's, a, that's the salary to pay for their production associate. And here's the thing. I know I say here's the thing a lot. There's been a lot of, this is it. Here's the thing. And I'm going to say this 10 times. When you say here's the thing over and over it sort of waters down everything because everything can't be the thing. Here's a thing. This is not the thing. This is, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. Here's a thing with the indefinite with the indefinite article. The thing definite article. Here's a thing. The people educated in theology, the MDivs of your town, and the men who may, maybe they don't have an MDiv, but they're qualified to be an elder. Legitimately biblical qualified. None of them want to get out and say publicly that this is a goat show because of optics. It would just make them look bad. So I'm pulling into Cartersville now. If Brother Patrick down here at Tabernacle gets on Facebook and says, Cross Point is a goat show, stop going there. I can't believe we're still losing members to this goat show spotlight coffee bar of a church. Stop it. Oh, wow, he's bitter. That, that man of God wouldn't... I can't... Man of God should talk like that. He, he just That's just competition. He doesn't like it. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I'll say it. I'm an accountant. I make fake grass for a living. I've said it before. God is my competition. I've been out here for 10 years trying to make fake grass and sell it to people for $5 a square foot. That's inflation, y'all. For $5 a square foot, and God is growing it for free. I'm just an accountant. All right? And I'm that guy who's not afraid to say it. So brother so-and-so knows it, he knows it. Don't confuse yourself. You don't... I haven't talked to him about it, so don't say I'm putting... I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I... Come on. You don't think Brother Patrick down here... I'm pointing at Tabernacle now because I'm on the road. I'm on... Uh, I'm pointing at Church Street. You don't think Brother Patrick down here at Tabernacle knows what a rock and roll goat show Cross Point is? You think people leave his church to go to Cross Point and he says, Oh, I'm glad they they have a church. Whatever's best for them. No! They all know it, but they won't say it. Do you think some of these parents out here, these 60 and 70-year-old parents whose kids and grandkids go to Crosspoint don't know it's a goat show because they visited for some kids' choir event one day and they saw the church and they thought, what in the cuss word is this, okay? Pick your cuss word. I'm not going to cuss, but sometimes we all think them, all right? And they thought, what in the foul language is this place that my kids... And my grandkids are going to church. And, and the wife is just, well, honey, you know, just be glad they're going. I'm, don't say anything. Well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm saying something. I remember when me and my wife went to Woodstock, First Baptist Woodstock. My mom went with us one day, and she thought it was terrible. If you know something, say something. And I'm saying something, and I want you to help me say something. Or at least advertise that I've said it. Not the Holy Spirit police. Not the, you know, we can't be people's conscience. But my gosh, say something. And even if you never give any money for some harebrained scheme like this, we're going to buy... Yeah, who's ever heard of buying a billboard telling somebody not to go to a church? 
That's how I think. Okay? Who's ever thought about that? You get the electric ones. But if you never do anything like this, would you please just say something to somebody? To the people in your town going to these places? Would you say something to somebody? I can already tell that this is going to be my new, you know, xbridge, lifepoint, heartway, citychurch.com. These places are going to be my new thing that just gets targeted by my autism because there's like, the Masons are dying. I've done my thing on Masons. These things are getting popular. The Masonic Lodge is going away. It's like, this is the thing. Until I get turned in a different direction. Until I can coach soccer again. So let's do it. Advertise here, 770-633. Oh, I didn't see the rest of them. It, your sign's terrible if I if it flashes so fast, Tilly Management Company, that uh, I can't read the number on it. I've actually bought that sign before. I'd love to put Y Cross Point on that sign. But if you wanna, if you've listened to my Rockbridge series, and you want to put a confused light look on the faces of those elders, so-called elders and so-called pastor, Matt Evans, down there at Rockbridge. Send me some of that money. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again Oh, tomorrow. tomorrow. As always, God bless. And as always, remember, Christianity is not about getting saved. It's about being saved. Thanks for listening to the Christian Commute. Please send your questions about Christian apologetics and theology to SethDunn88 at gmail.com. If you are not a Christian, please remember that you can be reconciled to God through the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Repent of your sins now and accept Jesus as Lord. God bless.